0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Journey to the Top podcast, the show where we follow people's journey to reaching their goal. My name is Juan Carlos. And I'm the other Juan. And today we have a super exciting episode. We finally got her on the podcast. Took her The one, enough. the only, my wife. Gotti's here on the podcast with us today. She took one for the team. Took one for the team. She took one for the team. So uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be sharing our story, my and Gotti's story, um, kind of how we met um how we went from dating and then ultimately to us getting married because it's a pretty crazy story it's not your typical dating your disney, <laughs> your, 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 disney, disney. <laughs> your disney fairy tale where stuff happened but um so we're going to be talking about that today but before we get to any of the good stuff any of the drama we want to just give you guys a reminder that we are active on the ig the instagram the gram whatever you want to call it we are at journey to the top podcast and there will also be a link there to all our other social media platforms as well as our own personal social medias as well give us a follow let us know but definitely follow us at journey to the top podcast don't forget about it tell your friends about it let everyone know give us a shout out if you find value in it share yeah so make sure to follow us on all those platforms so uh getting into it i'm super excited to have Gotti here with us today uh it took us a long time to try to convince her to be on the podcast but she is an amazing person and she said yes so we have her here on the podcast i
1: had no other choice it's here in our house so
0: (laughs) well that too (laughs) (laughs) but no but i basically i wanted her on here because i wanted uh us to kind of share uh a bit of our journey especially uh being together uh Because it's been a crazy ride uh, since we first gotten together to now we're married um, and living that married life. So um, let's just start a little bit from the beginning. Basically, yeah, uh, as I talked about in some of the other podcast episodes, uh, so I have mom and dad, I'm the oldest of three, I have a younger brother and sister, and pretty much everything was pretty normal, I would say, in our household. Um, the big thing that I remember two, two main things that were super important in our household was our faith and then also music, which is really big. So my dad was always very strict, um, when it came to like church and always being at church and it, um, it helped also that he played in choir. So, um, he taught us how to play instruments. We grew up seeing him play and he taught us how to play. So, um, for me, I always saw my dad as like, like my huge, I don't want to be exactly like my dad. Um, so growing up, that's how our house was. It was just, you know, day in, day out, go to church, play, come home, learn more music and whatever. Um, and that carried into, uh, getting a little bit older in high school and being in bands and stuff like that. Yeah. So pretty much just faith in music. And that was all we really had to worry about and school education. Both my parents are teachers. So, uh, school was a really big thing. So getting good grades, but yeah, that was pretty much it.
1: Okay. Um so a little bit about myself. Um sorry, I forget. So a little bit about myself. Um so I'm the oldest of four. Um so I grew up, I pretty much grew up with my grandparents. Um my mom got married when I was 6 years old um to the person who I call my dad and already he previously he had um I guess I don't know how to say that. Like a daughter you know? Um, so like I said, in our family, we don't call each other step. Um, even though there's been so many hurdles in our family already, um, there's no half brothers. There's no, you know, we're just brother and sister. So to me, for me, that's it. Um, and my dad is my dad, you know? Um, so I pretty much grew up with, um, my mom and my dad, um, always my grandparents because they were always working. Um, so in our family, we were just, it was, always about family. You know, we were very affectionate. We were really like, hey, mom, I love you. Like, hey, dad, you know, I love you. Um, And even then for my dad, it was a little hard because they never really grew up that way. You know, I got that from my grandparents from my mom's side. So my mom, my mom's mom, my mom, my grandma's mom and all them, they're all vessel, vessel. So they're always, um, you know, uh, kissy type. So, you know, and I grew up that way. So For my dad it was a little harder to showcase like hey like to become like amoroso or like how do you say that in English like affectionate affectionate, I guess. Um, So it was a little tough growing up you know and me and my dad had a little bit of a hard time kind of connecting in the younger age so and even through like faith and stuff there wasn't faith within my family aside from my my grandma growing up you know. So we would always be with her so whenever we did like a rosary would be with that my grandma's or whatever, you know. So my faith was what I learned from my grandma. Um but pretty much it was um growing up it was it was pretty good, you know, and um you know, there was we always had food on the table. My parents were really hard working and you know, we'd always go to work with my mom if if she couldn't find a babysitter or you know, so it was a little different than what most cases would be with the, your parents, you know um, seeing your parents all the time. Um, I saw my parents a lot, but it was, they were always working and, um, you know, it was pretty basic, you know, but I think growing up, I had a little bit more of appreciation of my parents, you know, um, my dad and myself, our relationship, like total 360 of how it was when I was growing up, I think just because we were still kind of trying to understand each other and having that whole, uh, father daughter relationship, you know, because, Really, a lot of people don't know that he's actually my, uh, you know, he came, he he's my dad, but he's not my biological dad, you know. And it's funny because a lot of people think he is, and you know, for us, it's like whatever, we we allow it to roll that way, you know. He's your dad? Oh yeah. Oh, I see the resemblance, and so we both start laughing, you know. <laughs> so, um, that's pretty much how it was. I mean, I had a a great upbringing, you know, uh, aside from a little small obstacles with. Uh, especially you know meshing two families together you know um but aside from that you know I'm the oldest of four you know I have my 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 sister and then uh my two younger brothers that are like way younger than me I still don't know how that happened you know <laughs> <It> <laughs> so just yeah well yeah. I was 14 when when my parents had the first one and then 20 when I was I was like great I'm gonna be a, like a college mom you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's crazy
0: yeah it is a little bit it's different definitely um but yeah it kind of takes us into let's jump into like when we met No, um so after that whole thing we ended up meeting in youth group so um yeah so I had been going to this youth group uh for a couple of years I think already uh at our church and it was really cool because um all my cousins that were older than me and I have a lot, uh, they all went. So finally when I was old enough to go, they invited me. They're like, Oh, you need to go. And, uh, I was super excited cause they kept talking about it and I kind of find my found my place there. Um, especially playing music and just, you know, talking about, you know, faith and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I really loved it. I really loved going. Um, uh, and then that's where i met you. Um, cause you had done a retreat I think I had been in already for like two years, maybe two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you had done a retreat and you came in. And then the story of how like we started actually talking to each other was, uh, I was in charge of a game. It was kind of like musical chairs and stuff like that. And uh, at the last minute, I pulled the chair, and then you ended up falling. And I at the time I felt super bad. Um, I was just
1: very annoyed after I know, to be honest,
0: I know, but I felt bad. <laughs> I was sorry. I was like, oh man, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Um, and that kind of started the whole talking thing. Cause I think before that, um, uh, we never talked like in person, maybe like high at group at youth group or whatever, but never like at school or anything like that, you know? Um, and I think it was interesting cause we started to realize, oh, we have a lot of mutual friends that hang out together. <laughs> Uh, or I guess just mutual friends. No. Um, so we'd all go out like after youth group or whatever. And our friends would talk to each other, but we wouldn't talk to each other, you know? So it was really interesting. Um, but yeah. and, And then just after some time went by a couple of years, different youth groups going on, helping out different retreats and stuff. Um, I don't know. How did we start like talking, talking, was it that new year's
1: text? It was that New Year's text.
0: Yeah. You sent me a text for New Year's. Yeah, I just
1: said Happy New Year. But this is back in the time, so like <laughs> this is
0: back in the time Happy when New
1: Year was a big deal back then. Yeah, because
0: <laughs> texting people had only been like texting for like a year or two. Maybe two mm-hmm. years. Like two, three years maybe. Yeah, I think two, three at three years the max. You mm. know what I mean? To where texting was normal, like that's just how everyone talked. So like anyone in your contact list, like any holiday, it'd be like Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, whatever, and you send it to that like whole 40, mass group message, fifty people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So I got one of those texts from you for New Year's, and um, and I was like, who the, who's this? You know, whatever. And then it was you. So I was like, oh, cool. So we just started talking and, um. And I remember that, like, I was—I remember I was super happy. I was just like, oh, that's cool. She texts me because it never happened. but right? it, it wasn't
1: like because I liked you or anything. It was just no. that group message.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think that was the thing. It was just kind of like, cool, you know, like super non intrusive. Nothing, you know, so I was like, oh, that's cool. She's cool. And then after that, it was just just talking and hanging out. I think after that text, it kind of gave me the courage to like actually go up and talk to you in person. Mm hmm. Like, sad to say, but you kind of... I felt like you broke the ice first just through texting, which wasn't even breaking the ice. I know, yeah. (laughs) Terrible. I'm bad. Um, But then we just started talking in person, and then um, I think our group of friends started to get smaller because more and more people started either leaving the group or... Graduating. Graduating and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we just started talking, and then kind of decided, I was like, hey, I kind of like you. I think you kind of like me. You want to start hanging out like... Or just talking? No,
1: I would say I would I would definitely say it was all Katie.
0: Oh yeah, Katie, and Katie did all the okay. work. Okay, Katie both of did us. the work. Okay, so so this is this is the story. So uh, shout out to Katie by the way if Katie. you listen to this. Eh? I know you're the real MVP. Um, we were at youth group and it was at the end and everybody. This is still I guess when we still needed to ride uh, or I did because I you didn't did. drive. I had a car already, but you. to I needed made sure get everybody
1: drove me. I did not want to waste no gas.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you had to get picked up. So we're all talking afterwards and we're in a big group and then you left. And then I remember telling Katie, I was like, yeah, she's kind of cute. And she's like, really? You think she's cute? I was like, yeah, yeah I think she's kind of cute. I'm thinking nothing of it. I was just like, I just thought you were cute. Uh, and then Katie went out of her way to go like, I guess, talk to you. I don't about, even
1: know how that conversation came about. Honestly, I cannot remember.
0: All I know is that after that, every little thing, Katie would try to get us together. Or like when she put, we'd be in small groups. She'd like purposely try to like put us in the same group or whatever. I, I don't remember that. That's I remember really that. I remember. And I was like freaking Katie doing work. You know? <laughs> so that was like, it was pretty cool. But yeah. Um, and it
1: helped that she was going out with your cousin. So. Yeah.
0: So that was nice. Yeah. And then anytime my cousin would go out, like my parents would let me go out because they'd be like, well, if your cousin's going to be there, then yeah. So then we would just swoop by and pick you up. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, so that was a lot of fun. But it kind of like takes me to the next thing of the thing that I really loved of how we started, I guess, our relationship was. We really started off as friends and a lot of that had to do with the fact that we hung out with a lot of people like in the beginning, you know, like um, when we would all go out after youth group or even during the weekends, like we'd all go to the drive in or to the movies like we'd go in a group of 20 group of like 30. So there wasn't anything like we didn't have to deal with that pressure, I guess, of like one on one being alone like when you're that young you're like oh i don't know kind of like how they portrayed in the movies and stuff like that like we never really had to go through that in the beginning because we loved being with the group and i think it's just a lot more fun you know just being in a group setting and everybody's you know screwing around and like i don't know it it took a lot of the pressure off so we could really get to know each other on a friend basis and start building that foundation of friendship what i think is super important you know like they always say like like, oh, you want to fall in love with your best friend and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people nowadays, they just go too fast because they just want to try to fall in love or whatever, you know? One
1: thing that's one of the things that my grandma kind of instilled in us too. Um, she'd always tell us, like, get to know the guy, you know, and be his friend. You know, have a lot of guy friends because if when you guys are friends, like, there's no pressure at all. And you're going to see how he treats other women, other girls, you know what I'm saying? So, and that's one of the things that always stick to me honestly was you know if he's treating a girl like already disrespectfully i ain't gonna be trying to you know trying to uh date him you know and that's one of the things that she did um she would tell all of us especially me the old the oldest um of the cousins you know she'd always tell us like have a lot of guy friends like make a lot of guy friends wherever you go and you know and see how they treat treat uh the girls around them and and especially their mom you know it's um you know, if they if they disrespect their mom, then they're most likely going to be disrespecting you, you know? And those are a lot of the things that, you know, that would be instilled in me. And and honestly, it's really true because I did have a lot of guy friends and I saw how they would treat other women and I'd be like, um, no, you know? So, yeah, it was...
0: Great I mean, eye-opener. A, yeah, you know? But yeah, and I think, um, like, when we finally decided to start dating and stuff and I could say that I probably have the worst the worst like asking you out story the worst like first kiss story the most like tragic proposal story (laughs) like not the most tragic but it's just like everything that you would I hear from other people uh, especially like older couples like how they ask them out and how they do this it sounds so romantic like you read it in a book you know and I'm like yeah when I asked you out we were just in my car, I was at a stop sign and I was just like, Hey, so you want to make this thing official (laughs) or like, it was so bad, you know? Um, but after that, I think the thing that really helped us in the beginning was, you know, being involved at church, you know, the majority of the time that we did spend together was like at church. So, um, like at our church, there's a ton of different youth groups. So we'd like go to youth group on Monday nights and then we'd go to youth group on Wednesday nights and then like we'd have retreats on the weekends and, and then the weekends that we didn't, you know, like if we didn't have school or if I didn't have competition or whatever, um, uh, or games, then, you know, we'd hang out with everybody. Uh, and I think that was really awesome because it it kept us like around church and like growing up and being active. We knew right from wrong. Like we knew, okay, you're not supposed to do this. And especially like the, at least the basic teachings of the church when it comes to date, when it comes to dating, like we just knew like, okay, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. And, um, and all and that's these one of the
1: things I've thing. told you to in the beginning. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah we're not going to do that. Yeah. Don't even think about going that route. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which is like crazy because you would think that like, oh, all church girls think like that or whatever, but no, like, and they might think like that, but I think a lot of the issues of what happens is they never express it to the guy. So then what, what I've always heard is like, gr- uh, guys will use love to get sex and girls will use sex to get love. Because girls, deep down in their hearts, want to feel love. And unfortunately, most guys out there just want to have sex, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they just play each other. And I loved how from the very get-go, you were just like straight
1: up. Like, and that was even before Theology before, of the Body.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Which was super...
1: Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was.
0: Uh, that was when we first started dating. Yeah. Like You laid down the lines like this, this, and this, and this. And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. And that was really cool. And that's something I really like... Looked up, I guess I held you to high esteem with that, because a lot of the girls that like were around me as far as like either in school or in like the bands or stuff like that, I knew they're socialized and I knew they weren't like that, so it automatically like made you stand out and I was like, well, and I was proud of it. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I can't do nothing or whatever. It wasn't like that at all. It was just like, oh, my girl knows her worth and she holds herself to an esteem. I saw it like that, you know, like you know how much you're worth and like if we're not going to get married, well, then it doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, (laughs) like, so, um, but yeah, so I think it's really important, especially to know for people that are in churches, uh, I wouldn't say like that for people that are in like youth groups. And we see this a lot at at our church is that people, even if you're not in youth group, even if you're not in youth group, but even if you're just like, if you go to church and you have a church life, you know, like a lot of people think, Oh, if I just get with someone else that goes to my church, then we have a church relationship. no, like it you need to be actively trying to live out the way like live out your guys' relationship in the way that you're supposed to. And I know everybody's churches have different, you know, um rules and guidelines for what they believe or whatever. But specifically for us, like being Catholic, like we know what the church teaches and, and everything like that. And we know a lot of people that a lot of our friends, you know, when we're in youth group, like they got together and boom, they had a kid, you know, before getting married, or we knew they were doing stuff before getting married and it's just kinda of like We didn't want to go down that route. We're like kind of like, let's do this right. You know, we both know, you know, what's right. And we both been taught better. Let's actually do this right. Um, And it's interesting to see uh, the other relationships. I would say 90% of them, the ones that weren't living out their faith, especially being young in high school age, I'm talking like late high school age, early college, they ended up breaking up anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes sense after, especially learning about theology of the body and, and learning, why we're created and why we have these feelings and why um you know god made us the way he did you know to to be together basically you know and i think people just get the feeling they get the like oh i'm attracted i'm attracted let's just go it's like no like there's a purpose for everything right um so you have to use it in the right way so um that's super interesting and it's around this time that i guess later on after a couple of years that I really found theology of the body, um, which you can go back to the episode we had with Diego uh, when he's talking about the U seminar, even with uh, Mallory and Marianne, where they're talking about what theology of the body is um, for more insight. But it's basically a teaching of, you know, who we are, why God created us, you know, um, our sexuality and all that other stuff. And it really opened my eyes to a lot. And I just got really into it. I started, you know, reading up more and I started giving talks and I was just like so into it. But at the same time, it sucked because I was reading it and I was learning more. But, you know, in the background, I started to realize that our relationship started to we started to fall apart basically in our relationship. You know, Um, I started hanging around with the crowd that was kind of pulling me away from what I should have been concentrating on now. And it's so true what they say. It's like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. Well, at this time I was spending around time around these guys that they were all single, you know, um, they didn't have any attachments and they just really liked to drink all the time. They'd hang out every single night, you know, and drink all the time. And so I just started to become part of that crowd. And it got to the point where I enjoyed hanging out with them more than I enjoyed spending time with Gotti. And Like I could feel it, you know, I was like, there's something, there's something wrong here. Like it's, um, you know, I thought I was like going to be able to balance like all the different plates and everything, you know, all the different spots, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't balance that while still trying to go to church and trying to give talks and talk about how we're supposed to live a good life when I wasn't doing it myself and it was affecting my relationship, you know? Um, and I know for sure I knew she was feeling it. Like I knew she could tell she's never told me really. But I can tell because girls have intuition and it's creepy. Uh, they know everything before you even have to say anything. So I could, I knew, like, if I was already feeling it, that, you know, things were starting to get rocky, I knew that she knew also. And um, so it was around this time uh, that I got invited to go play up at a retreat in, in Sacramento uh, for the priests that, that um, are here at our church. They have, like, a youth retreat that they have up in Sacramento at their youth center. And so I got called to play up there and i heard a story from one of the priests his name is father matthew who's really awesome and he was telling the story about uh just kind of his story and how he ended up becoming a priest and one of the things that someone asked him was like uh aren't you sad because he was in a relationship before he like he was in a relationship he thought he was going to get married and have kids with this girl and then she ended up breaking off with him um and someone asked well aren't you sad that you know you weren't able to have any kids of your own or you're never going to be able to have kids of your own And he says, why am I sad? He's like, I have all of you. like, you're all my kids, you know? And that really stuck with me and it opened my eyes to like, oh man, like that's such an awesome perspective to have. Because for me, um, when I was younger, I was super, like, I wanted to go to the seminary to go be a priest. Like we always had priests, um, over at our house. And like the, I had a lot of family members that were like seminarians and friends that went into seminary. Um, and it was just so interesting because it was so different from like the norm, you know, like, um, they were like away, they spent their time working and praying and it just seemed like the most awesome thing ever. Um, so when that happened, something kind of touched me on the inside and I was like, Oh no, like (laughs) it's like when you want something really bad, but you, you know, like you shouldn't want it. And that's how I I felt. I was like, I really want to be up here and like be in seminary, but I'm in a relationship. Like, I don't really know what to think. Um, and then I was talking to uh, another priest, Father Sergio, and I was telling him kind of how I was feeling. And he was like, you know, we'll pray about it and, you know, see what happens. Go home and see what happens. So that weekend I came home and I was talking with Gotti and we we're actually having a good time and we we're like planning out what we were going to do. we were going to hang out for the summer. Uh, and then I got a call from Father Sergio. And it was at her house and I was like, um, I have to take this. And I went outside and I was outside for like a long time and we were basically talking and he was telling me you know like what are you thinking and what's going on and I told him that I really wanted to go back um so he invited me to spend a week up there with them there was a bunch of other guys that were spending a week up there um and I told him okay I'll be there tomorrow like I'll you know I'll see I'll see you then and I remember coming back inside and just kind of I don't know trying to act like things were normal um but I don't know if you could read me at that time but uh i was like yeah things are normal i think we were talking about like oh we're gonna go hang out the next day or something like that um and then so i left and the next day early in the morning i sent guy a text and i was like hey i'm actually going back up to (laughs) sacramento i'm gonna be there for the week i'll call you when i get back in town and that kind of started the whole journey of me um doing a lot of internal searching because I didn't like who I had become. Basically the whole point was I didn't like the person that I had become because I knew that that wasn't my identity. I was basically someone that was living like a double life because, you know, I'd be at church all the time helping out so much cause I loved helping out, but I wasn't living it back home. And at the same time, you know, it was affecting my relationship and it was affecting, you know, the people that I allowed to be around me at that time. And it just wasn't the person that I wanted to be. Um, And so I had to really go find myself. And when I came back after that week, I made the decision that I was going to have to break up with Gotti and I was going to go up to seminary. And that was like one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. Like, and it was not fun because when I came back, I, I didn't call you. And I think you tried to call me and I didn't pick up the call or anything like that. So I think she knew like something was up. Um, something was going on and then finally when I told her hey we need to meet we need to talk and I I think at that moment you knew like yeah he's probably gonna break up with me or something like yeah. that. or we were gonna separate you know um, not separate break up break up yeah but during that time like like I know you did but like did you feel like stuff not just that that week or whatever but leading up to that like did you feel like uh, things were kind of different or
1: like, well they were different I think we weren't really like in our faith you know what I mean um I mean we would go to mass I mean not together but we would go to mass and I think I think you and I were at different levels at that time because I remember you always getting upset when I didn't want to go with you certain places or you know you were giving a talk and I really didn't want to go and you know I mean I'm really I'm really I can really be out there sometimes and then I was just not wanting to be you know um and I don't know, like, I don't know what was going on with me at that time. I think for me, I was just, I think I was bored. I was bored with my faith, and that was, like, my fault, you know, because I, I, I didn't put in the effort to do anything. I didn't put in the effort to go search, like, other things as far as, like, educating myself, reading, or, you know, and I just felt like, well, why isn't it, like, I'm not receiving anything. Why am I not receiving anything, you know, and I see all these people, like, all, gung-ho and I'm like I remember that I remember when they I used to feel that way and I wasn't you know and I think I just I put myself down for that and you know and I mean all these things were going on I think just how you were saying about myself I didn't know who the heck I was you know and maybe that was a a sign for myself to be like like you need to go deeper you need you need something else you know
0: so like the next part of our story is probably one of the most difficult but probably one of the best up until we got married but like like as far as times in our lives i I could say for myself it was really like eye-opening um um so we broke it off and basically it we broke it off in like june july
1: mm, like July-ish. in like july ish no june, june. <laughs> okay. like the end of june the
0: end of june probably um Broke it off then, and um, it was super hard, like obviously, I mean by that time we'd been together for like four years, five years, fourteen, five years, five years, five years, yeah. yeah, I mean, still a long time,, no. yeah. yeah, so it was tough because, like, um, like I had said, like we had become such good friends, I mean, like Gadi was my best friend, you know, like for everything, anything that would happen or anything that I needed to talk about, like I felt so comfortable going to her and she would just hear me out and no other person really did that. So it was hard for me to not talk to her like after the breakup, you know, and I had a hard time transitioning. Like it took me like a couple of months, like to just get off and it took her, like she had to straight up tell me, like, stop texting me, stop talking to me. Like we need to go our own ways. And that was really tough. Um, but I'm glad it happened. I'm glad she told me because it was I, affecting me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, it was just hard. Yeah. I, I mean, you were the same way, like you, how you felt with me is the same way I felt with you. It was just, and then I wanted to give in, you know, at times. And I was just like, you know, I can't, I think we both need it. And, you know, it needs to happen so that we can figure out who we are without each other. Yeah. You and
0: know? and that was the biggest thing is like, because I went off to seminary, I was living up there in Sacramento. I was living with four other guys. um, And learning a lot about myself and not only about myself, but I thought it was just going to be like a, like a faith experience. Like, Oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn so much about my faith and everything like that. But I learned so much about myself and like my bad habits and my, um, my struggles, but then also like my strengths, because it really tests you out there. Um, because the rules are really strict and it's like, okay, like I need to have, um, self-control, but also like trust in myself. And it's a lot of hard work day in and day out, like physical, um, and just learning about myself, like, man, okay, I got to wake up tomorrow, do it all over again. And, um, to be able to mentally get through that for a couple months straight, you know, was difficult, but, uh, I came out like a completely different person. And I think the person that I, I was looking to be, before the breakup, like I was like, I know this isn't me. I know this isn't my identity. I it could be so much more like I started to become that person because like my faith was really on point. Um and it changed the way that I talked. It changed changed the way that I walked. It changed the way that I was acting towards other people, how I talked to other people, how I saw other people was in a completely new light. Um but the biggest thing was like how I saw myself. Like I had so much more respect for myself. Um and to not let myself fall into uh, certain things and just to hold myself to a new standard when it came to just life, you know, and every aspect of life. And, um, and yeah, that, that's what I got out. Those, those months that I was out there, um, completely changed me, you know, but at the end of it, I knew, okay, I've been here. I felt like God kind of took me there, but it was time to go home. Um, and I know vividly the exact moment when, when I knew, um and so i made the decision that i was going to go home i wasn't going to continue with seminary that my work quote unquote my work um had to be done back back home um and that i had a lot that i needed to do i had a lot of like relationships but also bridges that i need needed to repair in order to move forward with my life so um that's kind of what i went through while we were on the breakup
1: mine was a little bit uh a little different i think i it was a lot of soul searching as well because, you know, for me, I needed to figure out who I needed to be without you. And, and I think the first step for me was like literally like cutting everything off, you know? And, um, it was just, it was, it was hard because like at the same time, we, we had a lot of the same friends and I was hanging out with the friends that, um, you know, Juan Carlos left. Um, but then after it kind of dwindled into, you know, some of the, some of my friends that were helping me at the same time, like, um and it's actually Juan Carlos's uh, brother's girlfriend, Yvette, you know, she actually helped me a lot, you know, we, we started a young adult group, which helped so much, as far as, like, my faith goes, you know, we were, we were networking with other churches, and, you know, we we're meeting so many different people, and, you know, we were participating in all these groups, and then finally, I, you know, I was actually, in charge of starting a young adult group in Fresno for our diocese here in Fresno. So it, there was a lot of change in me, you know, and I needed to find out who I was. Um, so like in, in especially in my faith, I, you know, I would go to daily adoration. So at the time I was working retail and after I would always go to find, find a uh, place to, uh, for adoration, you know, it was it, like every single day I would go to adoration and, you know, just, you know, ask, like, what, what do you want from me? (laughs) Pretty much, you know, because I didn't know what was needed of me at the time, you know, and, and finally, like, little doors were kind of, like, opening up for me, and I was trying, I was figuring out who I was, and, you know, meeting all these people that, you know, from different um, paths of life, you know, and um, adoration kind of opened up the doors for me with, like, all these people from Fresno, and, Um, you know, and at the time we were starting a group in, um, Adoremus. I'm not quite sure if you, um, well, in Fresno, we have a group here in, um, called Adoremus, and it was kind of weird because she actually was from Sacramento, and at the time she had started the group in Sacramento, and it was crazy because I think it was about May. Was it May? Yeah. Like, where we ended up going. I didn't know he was going to be up there, but we ended up going to go kind of, like, look over the group and see how they worked everything and how they start, like, how they start, how they end, like, um, and actually Juan Carlos was there, so it was kind of a little scary of, you know, me seeing him again, and I hadn't seen him in so long. You know, I think before he entered seminary and after, like, the time I told him, like, stop talking to me, boy, you know, (laughs) but, uh, it was just, uh, it was just crazy. You know, it was like little by little things were kind of like, um, kind of coming together, I would say, but not knowing, you know, I, I was so scared. And at the same time, you know, I was doing my consecration and it was just weird. Like later on finding out that he was doing the same thing and he was going to daily adoration the same, uh, at the same time, like it was just crazy. Um, well, after, our stories meshed together after we were talking. Right. But it was just, you know, a lot of figuring out who I was. And at the same time, you know, um, I was asked to go to a mission trip and I was just like floored because I was like, who in the heck would ask me to go on a mission trip? Like, you know, and see what God has me to do over there. Like, it was just, it was just crazy, crazy. Like I would have never thought I would have gone out there, you know, and find out what God wants me to do there, you know, and in the end, I figured out, like, you know, he wants me to be a part of my community, he wants me to be, um, you know, to just tell my story, because really, my my story, it's not perfect, you know, and I'm not saying it is, but it's just, you know, I, I feel like my story kind of, you know, changes, All the time, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. ever evolving. It's evolving like every day, you know, and I think like everyone's and I think I think that's what I love about people's uh, testimonies is that, you know, we're all different.
0: Yeah. Um, But when I had made the decision to come back, I remember coming and how said she was in charge of this group in Fresno. And I kind of wanted to talk to her and just let her know, like, I was seeing everything that was happening uh, through other friends like facebook pages and stuff because i had other friends that were friends with gotti and stuff like that um like we kind of well we cut ourselves off from social media um but all these different groups in fresno were starting up and Madeira was getting more active and um when i came back i basically just wanted to tell her like hey um you're gonna be seeing me around like um because i needed to to do it for myself like i wanted to go for myself to kind of grow myself and she was like okay cool you know like that's fine and after that she kind of asked me like, Hey, we actually need, you know, musicians for this group that we're doing. Do you want to go? And I was like, sure, sure. And, um,
1: and this was strictly business. It wasn't like, yeah. I want to get back with you. You know what I no. mean?
0: And and I totally took it like that. And I, But I was excited because literally this was like less than a week from when I came back and I was just so happy because I, for me,
1: well, I just needed you and your brother. Cause you're the only ones that knew how to play. Yeah. But you know? for,
0: for me, I kind of felt like, okay, like this is exactly what I wanted to do it's like come back and boom get to work as far as like ministry stuff because I'd been doing you know music at youth groups or just different groups for like years like a man like 10 years prior to that like I was playing so that's what I really enjoyed doing so to come back and just to be like asked to go um was just like right up my alley I was like yeah let's get let like get the gears rolling again and let's do it um and so we would go and um, have, we had meetings and I started to become part of the staff or whatever with, with them as far as like kind of helping to coordinate music. And so we started to have these like car rides um, together, like going to Fresno and and it was a lot of just like catching up, like, you know, how are things going? And I could tell in her that she had completely transformed into a new person and it was awesome. It was, it wasn't even like a, like me trying to find my way back relationship wise. It was just like, I could tell the way that she talk the way she carried herself was different um the way she she was just so excited about everything that she was doing she was so busy like with so many things going on but at the same time she was excited about everything she was doing and so it was just like very attractive but not in like a a, not in like a relationship way but just you know there's people out there that are really driven with their goals and with like what they're doing that they literally attract people right um like for me i a lot of like Ed led or Tony Robbins or Gary V like there's such driven people that they literally attract people to themselves, you know, because they're like, I want that. And Gotti was, was like that this time. And I was like, wow, you know, like what all are you doing? That's so awesome. Let's talk about it. Um, and in, in talking about kind of what had happened when we were separated, uh, and everything, we both learned that we both did a 33 day consecration, um, which was crazy because she didn't tell me she was going to do it. And I didn't tell her that I was going to do it. It just kind of came to us, I guess in our own ways. And, um, and that consecration, basically it makes you go through this little personal retreat and to kind of, it's supposed to restrengthen your, your trust basically in God and, you know, Virgin Mary and stuff like that. Um, and I had gotten a lot out of doing it so I could just imagine how she was. So I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like we're finally both on that, like same faith level. Like how what God, was saying earlier, how she, like, We were on different levels, you know, and she'd been doing so much. And I was like, oh, we're both on the same faith level. Let's talk faith stuff. Um, And basically conversations just kind of led to rebuilding that friendship again, which I freaking loved because it was going back to the start of how we started when we were friends. It was just talking. And that was the thing for us. We could talk for hours. Like literally there'd be times where we go out on dates before when we're um, going out and their parents would be like, bring her home by 11. Okay. So you'd be outside at like 10. Oh, I, I was there at 11. Yeah. You'd I was be outside. outside till 12. We, well, we were outside <laughs> till like 12, one in the morning. Cause we just be talking like about everything. No, like, like just everything. I love that. And I was just kind of like rekindling that again. And, um, and basically I was just like, man, I think I'm starting to fall in love again. But this is like after weeks, like after weeks of being back. No, it didn't happen like right away, but after like weeks being back, but I didn't really know what to say. Um, and I was kind of scared because I was like, I really like this. I don't want to mess it up. And I think everybody goes through that, like in just friendships, relationship. When when you become really good friends and you start to like your best friend, you know, you go through that. It's like, do I tell them? Because I don't I don't want to mess up what we have because this is really awesome. Um, and then I think I just started reading signs with you. Like I was like, I think I think she starts. I think she still likes me or whatever. Like, obviously. Right. Like we've been dating for five years. Obviously, there was still something there. Um But I was like, what the heck? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. And so I just kind of told her like, hey, uh, I just want you to know that I like you. And I really would like to get back together, you know. But I don't know how you feel, if you feel the same way. But I just want you to know my intention. And basically my intention was that if we were to get back together, that my intention was to get married. I was like, we're going to get married if we get back together. You know, because there's no need to date for another three, four years or whatever. Like we know each other. Like, let's actually do what we're supposed to do or how it says, like in our faith, like dating is preparation for marriage and stuff like that. So we've done the preparation. Let's go get married. Um, but I said, that's my intention. Like, if we're going to get together, we're going to get married. So I'm leaving the decision kind of up to you. Um, think about it. You know, let me know what you think. And so she went home <laughs> and the next couple of days or whatever, we got back to you. Then we talked and she was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. That's not the intention. That's not exactly what she said. But, like, basically, we're both on the same page. We're like, okay, cool. Um, and that was that. And I think that was really big because how how Kari was saying earlier, like, she kind of got bored in the relationship. And it was because, like, we didn't have any goals. Like, we were just dating to date. Like, we were just, well, like... Well, then we were young. Like, I yeah, feel like we were, we were young. young.
1: Like, we had no idea what the heck we wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, we had no... Jo- I mean, we had jobs, but it wasn't enough to, like
0: be saving be saving or. and
1: providing and you know what i mean so it, was it, and i i think you know it was just it did just didn't mesh up together i use that word a lot meshing but i mean
0: yeah so but it was cool because we like we set that goal and we're like okay if we're gonna do then we're gonna get married cool what do we need to do and at that time we were, you, were you at craft now like did you switch mm. over
1: no, I was out of the insurance, but that same year I did Starcraft. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Shout out to Cornets.
0: No. <laughs> What's up, Cornets? Um so I basically just got the ball going. I was like, okay, what do I, I need to save money, I need to do this or whatever. And it was really interesting how like setting goals really motivated me.
1: I think for both of us. Both of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, both of us. Yeah,
1: because we grinded really hard that yeah. year.
0: Like, I was working two jobs just so I could save everything because... And we were planning out, like, how we wanted our wedding to be and, okay, we could save money here. And we and we started, like, going out less and less and less. So, we didn't go on dates as much as we did before. We didn't go out to eat. We didn't go on date. Like, we were saving a lot of our money. We were penny-pitching, like, because... um we wanted to be frugal and because of weddings cost a lot of money. Well, <laughs>
1: like, even then there's a lot of things in weddings. I feel like, like
0: that are unnecessary, the
1: unnecessary, you know? And I'm just like, really? Like, you don't need yeah. those. Favors. I throw the favors away.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Everyone that gives us favors, but can you just not keep them?
1: No, I just don't pick them up
0: or you just leave them on the table. leave
1: them on the table. Well, aside if it's their pictures and you know, different, but
0: yeah. But basically like, yeah, we we're really hustling a lot. Like, okay, we need to save a lot of money and get things together so we can get married and the most awesome part of it which i don't know at that time everyone was getting married all of our friends were getting married a lot of our family were getting married so it was really cool just to go to like a lot of weddings before ours Um, but the one thing that i knew that i wanted to focus on for our wedding was i didn't want to get away from the fact that us being married happened in the church and that the ceremony in the church was the most important part and for us as catholics that's what we believe like the marriage ceremony happens in the church. It's, it's because it's a sacrament. It's different than just like getting married at a winery or getting married at the courthouse or whatever. Like, yeah, like legally, like on paper you're married, but what actually happens like at the church. And I really, we both had gone through this huge spiritual kind of like 180. I really wanted to make that part the most special. And I loved how we worked on that a lot like to make that was really our priority. We
1: were flip-flopping on a lot of things in there. We right? were though.
0: Yeah, but it was really our priority. Like yeah, we had to get other things done because of deadlines or because of budget um with like the reception, but like the church was like okay, this this is for us. You know what I mean? Like I don't care what other people say about this song that we're going to pick or whatever. No, like we're going to do it and these readings are the ones that we want to hear and the priest that we got is the one that we wanted and everything, you know, everything came together so like perfect. Really, I could say that, you know. Um and even with all the stresses that happened with setting up and the hours before and everything, like it, it all was worth it, you know? Um and yeah, it's just that that's the power of like setting goals. You know what I mean? Like we had a goal where like we're gonna get married, we're gonna do everything we can, but we prioritized like okay, the church is gonna be our priority and everything else is gonna come. And it worked out the way that we wanted it to. Um and in the same way of like now coming into this new stage of our life like being married um it didn't end with getting married i think a lot of people like it that, was just the beginning yeah no for yeah for real though like they're like and they live happily happily ever after no like now the work begins like now the work starts like now married life it's like it's real and people always ask us you know because we're still relatively like newlyweds i guess it's been married like a month and a half now a month no a year and a month are you I serious mean. That's what I meant to say. The oh wrong words came gosh. out of my mouth for a year, like and a month. And uh, like, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going to get it later. Um, but everyone always asks, like, how's married life and everything like that. And at first, before we got married, everybody would be like, oh, you're going to like start to hate each other and you're going to start. And I'm like, OK, thanks for the advice. Like, that sucks that you guys feel like that. But honestly, every time that we answer, we always say, like, married life is fun, man. Like, it's, it's so cool, and especially for us, because we didn't live together when we were dating, like we never moved in together or anything. So literally the first time us living together was us being married. So it's like, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. The the first like two months (laughs) were really interesting. Um, but you know, like learning, okay, what are our roles? Like as far as like one in not necessarily our roles in the marriage, but like, like as a married couple, what is our role to the church? Like what is our responsibility to the church? What's our responsibility to the community as a married couple? And I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about and don't like put into consideration they're like oh i'm married i'm just gonna go off by myself and no one's gonna see us again until like christmas or easter or whatever when you see your family it's like no like well,
1: and there's different circumstances also like oh if you yeah move, you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah but i mean like people that literally right. live in the same town and same city and you just never hear from them again and, and yeah like married life there's a lot of stuff that comes with it as far as um
1: responsibilities
0: responsibilities and different things that can stress you out and all the other stuff but there's a lot of blessings that come with it too you know like the way that i love how the way other people especially our church community that we grew up with um they've seen us grow no to to where they are and and how they see us and how they talk about us is like really nice now like we have we're surrounded by we're really blessed to be surrounded by a lot of really good married couples uh that are in the church and that we look up to and you know, they're have their families and now like their kids are growing up looking at us. And it's like crazy. I was like your age looking at other married couples, you know, oh, your parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your parents. And like now it's the it's flip flop, you know. Um, So it's been really good. And it's just basically like the whole point of 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 this is just we just want to say no matter where you are in your journey, you just got to keep moving forward. Like it could have been super easy when we broke up to just be like, okay we broke up and it's over and you know i'm just like whatever's going to happen but like we kept moving forward to build ourselves like yeah like stuff happened and it was really hard
1: you just have to let it go really
0: yeah you just gotta let it go and and keep and keep moving forward for yourself like Mm -hmm. keep building yourself um because opportunities are going to come back up they're going to come around and it's you have to be aware to be able to take them you know and to see the positives out there and i think that's another thing that we've been really Learning a lot about Especially being married It's like Look at the positives That are around Look at all the blessings Instead of the negative stuff Because a lot of bad stuff Can happen Like you can start counting Like all the bad stuff That happens But if you're able to Like think of the positives
1: Examine Examine like All the good things In your life Mm -hmm. Or I should say In the day Yeah. Yeah
0: You win Because it's like Stuff's gonna happen Like we can't get away From that you know But if you're able To concentrate on All the positive stuff And the good stuff Yeah You're just gonna have A much more fulfilled life you know we know so many people that you look at their situation they're like man they must be really struggling there it must be all this but they're super happy you know because they they choose to look at the positives rather than the negative negative. and then you see people that look like they're really successful or look like they have it all together that are really broken inside you know um so being able to look at the positives i know our faith is something that really drives us um and it's it grounds us too you know like it really grounds us and it's like okay it helps out a lot with you know, day to day, but then also, you know, having a goal, having responsibilities, knowing that there's people looking up to us, you know, especially little ones. Like we, um, we help with the middle school youth group now, like do that. And these little kids, they're not little, you know, like, no. um, these, these teenagers just seeing how they talk about us and, you know, and, and the things they pick up from us, it's, it makes us more aware like, Oh, like we need to be a good example for them, you know, and also for our younger siblings, but especially for these kids that are looking at us, like, Like, okay, I need to to walk the walk, you know, not just talk, talk about it, you know, Um, because they're looking up to us. So being able to to influence these kids and and just to be a part of their lives has been such a blessing for our married life because we don't have kids yet. Um, So it's like seeing them. It's like, okay, uh, this is what's coming later on, you know, God willing, Um, you know, but yeah, this is just a little bit about us, um, how our story, how our journey went. And so far, so good now. Like, and we're just going to keep going. Like we, we have a lot of, uh, of goals that we want to achieve, you know, um, as individually that we want to achieve, but also like as a couple, there's like goals that we want to achieve. And, um, we're just really excited because we're on track. We're on the road to like going towards those goals. Now and we're focused and we have a vision, we have a plan. So it's a matter of just executing now. And that's, you know, financially also like growing our family, you know, in the future. Um, and also, just kind of what we want for ourselves, so like I'm super blessed, I'm really happy that we got married, and that we're here, and that you said, yeah, and yeah <laughs> I'm trying I'm to suck, I'm trying to suck up right here, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I just feel really blessed, like I love my wife so much, like I love you a lot, you know, um, me
1: too,
0: so yeah, so uh, hopefully you guys got a little insight into our journey going from dating to now married and, and beyond, um, you know, so when you see us, hopefully you feel a little more comfortable to come up to us and be like, Hey, I know a little bit more about you guys now. And, you know, say hello. We're that's really,
1: that's a little scary, right? Oh, you're putting us out there like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, if I you're feel you're on, more, I feel more accountable. Like I if you're
0: on social media, you're basically putting yourself you know out I mean? there anyways. You know what I mean? Um, but no like That's what we say Like keep us accountable You know like How are you guys doing How are you? Guys, how are your goals going When are you guys Going to have kids Because everybody asks Everyone us that. asks that question so That's like the most Popular kid. question ever right? So when are you guys Going to have kids Well you know Hopefully You know Like we want kids It's not that we don't want kids We want kids It's just like not right now You know like we're trying To get stuff together Plus we're still getting To know each other man There's a, there's a lot of stuff
1: And if it happens Like it happens You know yeah, what I mean If it happens we Then cool We have no like No issue notes,
0: with you know? that You know
1: not a big
0: deal. Yeah, so um, it's gonna be good. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. That episode. was a little awkward ending, huh? It was. I'll probably edit that out. Yeah, edit that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Uh, let us know what you think. Make sure to rate and review us, especially on iTunes. It help us. It helps us to get the podcast out to more people, so it could be seen. So please rate and review uh, on iTunes. You can find us on itunes google play anchor and also on instagram journey to the top podcast make sure to search we're going to have nice little uh, pictures and stories of you know our guests and uh and everything uh, like that a little bit of their background stories and and where you can find them online so make sure to follow us on there but yeah uh so that's it for today thank you guys so much for listening to this episode we will catch you in the next one peace